0: Or call 833 GO WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast, home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's hot time. We had a high
1: time.
0: Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. And if you've been following along for the past 38 episodes, then you know that I created Casually Baked the Podcast to satiate my own curiosities and share them out in the world. And I'm currently reading Michael Pollan's new book, How to Change Your Mind. The new science of psychedelics teaches us about consciousness, dying, addiction, depression, and transcendence. It's a fascinating book. Michael Pollan is author of The Omnivore's Dilemma, very much celebrated writer. The Botany of Desire was another book that I really appreciated that he wrote, but it's got me thinking a lot about the intersectionality of mental health and mental wellness when it comes to cannabis. And there have been some instances in my life lately where I've needed to take a look at, um, at cannabis's role in our mental health. And, of course, my experience has always been one that is mostly positive and uplifting. I think that has a lot to do with who I am as a human being and the fact that I am a glass half full and hopeful and optimistic kind of a person. But everybody's not like me. And I don't have all the answers. And I received a heartfelt email from a podcast listener asking me to really dive into this subject. So I did some homework, found someone here in the Bay Area to talk to. So I invited a psychotherapist into the studio. I just got the audio finished and set up by a lovely young gentleman in San Francisco Thank you, Arnov, for all of your help. Thank you, Michelle, for getting all of it organized. And so I was a little nervous um, putting together um, my first studio session, and I can't promise that the audio is going to be amazing, but I am happy to finally be sharing my studio with guests so that I can get back to interviewing and having conversations, because you know I love my casually baked chats. Let's listen in to my very first studio session. It's just going to keep getting better and better, just like you. All right, here we go. I
1: got the
0: of wine, the high I got the West Coast smoke, just take one. I'm, gonna feed you I'm excited to welcome into the studio, Sarah. We met. She is a licensed psychotherapist here mm-hmm. in the East Bay, and um, I called her in because I received an amazing email asking great questions that I absolutely could not answer, <laughs> and so I reached out to the therapist that I knew, and Ossia um, thank you very much for introducing me to Sarah. Sarah, tell us a little bit about your practice and what you do here in the East Bay.
1: Yeah. So I'm a psychotherapist. I see individual adults in my private practice. And I was just, you know, trained in what's called depth psychotherapy. Um, and then when I started my own practice, I, I had a relationship with cannabis um, that went back quite a ways. And I've, I think I veered both on sides of using it not in the best way, and also finding a way to use it that was really helpful. So um, I thought about that, and, and with cannabis becoming legal recreationally now in California, um, I just thought that maybe I should put myself out there in terms of offering a more cannabis friendly approach. And yes, thank you. <laughs> And um, I really wanted to help people navigate their re- their relationship with it because it can be anything from abuse and using using it in a way to escape feelings and escape pain and numb out mm-hmm. to actually it can have the totally opposite effect where it's actually enhancing what you're feeling.
0: Exactly, yeah. yes.
1: And I feel like
0: a lot of young people that start experimenting with cannabis really fall into that trap of overdoing it and numbing out because they they're not able to educate themselves or just sneaking around trying to do it and so that's the fear that i have with young people consuming mm-hmm. but then you know adults when they're able to not have to hide it from anyone and they can do their homework and learn that you know by this, writing this fine line of microdosing, you can treat anxiety, yeah.
1: depression, uh-huh. PTSD. What else? Oh my God. I mean, an inflammation. Well, no. Yes. Yeah. And
0: mentally, like what are the different things that you see people for, um, around cannabis?
1: Yeah. I would say primarily anxiety and depression. Okay. Um, but PTSD definitely I think the way that it um, impacts sleep it takes away a lot of people's dreams so people that may have nightmares as part of post-traumatic stress disorder kind of eliminates that interesting yeah now
0: what about things like um, bipolar disorder because this letter mm-hmm. um, that I, I shared with you earlier but I'll share with um, with you at home um, in a bit it it covers somebody that's suffering from bipolar disorder.
1: Mm-hmm. Is
0: um, is that something that you see a lot of or is it something that people are still a little scared to come out and talk about around cannabis?
1: I have definitely seen that in my practice. People have found me with that diagnosis, with the diagnosis of bipolar disorder, who mm-hmm. regularly use cannabis and find it helpful. And I think it's, it's a tricky area, though, because that the THC can have the potential to put someone in a more manic or a state that, that has psychotic kind of elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that may not be in someone's best interest. However, cannabis has this really amazing quality of being both a stimulant and a depressant at the same time. And that has a balancing effect Mm -hmm. on the system. So for someone with bipolar disorder, that's exactly kind of what they need is this more balancing out effect. And Mm -hmm. so um, I can see why people would go to cannabis.
0: Okay, well, let me share this email with you. um, And then there's a few ways that we can break this down um, because... This this man's got a lot going on. All right. Um, okay. So, uh, Mark writes. My primary questions revolve around suggested protocol for treating bipolar disorder. Specifically, I deal with racing thoughts, getting overstimulated, and easily agitated during stressful times. Severe depression and difficulty regulating my emotions. In general, I have chronic psychic pain that can get almost unbearable at night. Mm-hmm. I abused pot recreationally, and it was helpful in getting me connected back to myself, regulated, and grounded in my body. The problem is that I abused it, and it became problematic and an escape from reality for me. It has also on occasion contributed to psychotic symptoms, um, perceiving things in the spiritual dimension that were most likely not real. So I want some advice and recommendations for dosing strains, best application methods, which I know you've given already in earlier podcasts, but specifically tailored to a bipolar diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Another issue is that I am a therapist myself, so I want to be able to avoid any ethical pitfalls if I am counseling people with addictions while also using cannabis as medicine. Also, I'm wondering about finding a professional who can help me through this process by being able to monitor me from a safe distance. I don't want my wife to have to be in that position of monitoring my symptoms, and I have zero friends who use pot. I do have a therapist, but especially for my wife's peace of mind, she wants a doctor involved. Where I live, it is nearly impossible to find a psychiatrist who is knowledgeable and or willing to work with someone using medical marijuana. Lastly, I want to ensure that I am setting myself up for success in creating a positive healing environment that helps me connect to myself, my family, and my work in a more fulfilling and joyful way. I want to avoid going down the dark road of using pot to escape reality, isolate, and numb myself. Any counsel around that would be great. Thank you so, so much.
1: Nice.
0: I know. I was so happy that, that he reached out and, and that he's in the right place. He's asking yeah. the right questions. Yeah. He wants to do all the right things. And so I feel like he's a perfect candidate to talk about this about yeah. because, you know, he understands both sides. It, mm-hmm. it has benefited him, but then he lost control. So yeah. what initial recommendations would you have for him if he were your patient?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, there's a lot of directions I could go. <laughs> um, but in terms of treating his bipolar disorder, um, and, you know, I have to be careful about what I advise because I'm not an MD. But this is based off of, you know, more of a harm reduction approach and um, based on what I've read in my studies of cannabis is that I, I would really encourage him to use a, a high CBD strain um, the THC has that quality of potentially making someone a little bit more psychotic. Like he said, that could happen, where he felt he was like in a more spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the CBD strains I've read have um, antipsychotic properties mm-hmm. and anti-anxiety properties and so i think that the cbd could just kind of maybe calm his system down that's that's definitely mm-hmm. what i would encourage first and foremost and re- resetting
0: his endocannabinoid system in general mm-hmm. which is always helpful that's what i recommend to my people that consume a lot like me it's like either going on uh, a little sabbatical from it uh-huh. or you know consume a lot of cbd and yeah kind of reset. Well, I think that's good advice. And I appreciate the position that you're in as being a therapist and not a doctor. Right. And, but, you know, it's, it's a stepping stone effect, in my opinion. Like, you know, he's reached out to someone like me, who's just a megaphone out in the world trying to, you know, gather information for my own curiosities and share mm-hmm. it with the people that I know and love yeah. to then finding someone like you who can then help them gather all of that information and, and direct it in a way that's meaningful to them. Yes. And then that can guide them on to, um, to a doctor. And, yes. you know, him having someone like you help find a doctor is outstanding. What about that one tricky little sentence he had in there about being a therapist himself? Yeah. What did how do you feel about that?
1: Well, we're here in California where it's legal. And so I I mean, as long as I'm not under the influence of cannabis while I'm with a client, I don't feel like there's any problem with me using it medicinally or even in a spiritual way mm-hmm. in my own personal growth practice. Um But for him, I mean, it could be a little more tricky, especially if he's in a state where it's not legal recreationally or especially not legal medicinally. Mm -hmm. Um, That could potentially be... So
0: let's assume he is in a state where it's legal. Yeah. So if he is using cannabis for medicine Mm -hmm. and he he wakes up and... He's feeling a little overwhelmed that morning and he has appointments and he knows he's going to be better and function better in that way. What's the, it seems like a bit of a moral dilemma, but to me, I'm like, I would take my medicine.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, would you take a painkiller if you were in pain? People might have an afternoon drink. I think it depends how far you go with it.
0: I mean, it's that age old rule, everything in moderation. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and so
0: speaking of, we're talking about you know what he might take, and you're saying CBD, it would be the safest way to start. Definitely. Um, The one thing that I will go back and say is that you know if somebody does want to consume THC, or they do, whether you you know are suffering from an illness or not, if you don't microdose THC, you know when you get past that tipping point it is going to cause anxiety. You will get paranoid. You know, those things are going to happen. A word of caution to anyone, like, you know, when you're dealing with THC, start low, go slow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you do find your sweet spot, you truly can be in this place of flow. And so it is worth experimenting. But know that, you know, if you do get anxious or paranoid, that it will subside.
1: Well, and one other thing I could mention about THC is um, I also study psychedelics. So THC works a lot like a psychedelic. I would actually call it a psychedelic. And so set and setting where you are, the environment you're in, your mindset while you're using it or right before, is totally going to impact the experience that you have. Mm-hmm. And so I'd really encourage thinking about that with THC as well.
0: Absolutely. When you decide what you're going to consume and how you're going to do it, who are you about to be with? Where yep. are you going? Yes. What's happening? Yes. <laughs> That's yes. all important stuff. Yes. <laughs> you know, he talks about wanting a professional to monitor him so that his wife isn't doing that, which I think is so smart for his marriage. Yeah. You know, it sounds like that's what you do.
1: Mm-hmm. So tell me what that's like. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when I'm working with my, my clients or patients, I'm really trying to help them figure out their own relationship to the plant. And what's going to work best for them. So it's really individual to individual and figuring out what do they want out of their use and what do they not want out of their use. And trying to find that, that balance of how it's going to work the best for them mm-hmm. and to try to limit any negative impact.
0: How often do your clients um, come and see you or do they, they check in? You know, how does that work?
1: Yeah, I, I typically see my clients every week, sometimes even more than once a week.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so if someone um, were from a different state mm-hmm. who wanted to have this sort of relationship with you, is that possible?
1: Potentially. I can only work in California under my license, mm-hmm. so I can only really do psychotherapy in California. Okay. But beyond that, I could potentially do coaching, and I'm, I'm open to that for mm-hmm. people in other parts of the country. And it would be a little bit different. Coaching is a bit different. It's a bit more, I would say, instructive.
0: If you have a, a life coach that uh-huh. is a licensed psychotherapist in California, I mean, I think that's a bonus. So. Yeah, I guess that's true, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On your website, too, you say you deal with chronic illness, chronic pain,
1: insomnia,
0: mm-hmm. Um, ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I have four sisters and a lot of littles. Uh-huh. And my best friends all have kids. And, and so I am like Aunt Jojo to children ranging from babies all the way up to 27-year-olds. Yeah, And it really bothers me how much teens and these kids in their early 20s take ADHD medications. Yeah, Because it's also that that slippery slope of you know the development of brains and you know the cognitive function and wiring and so you know the recommendation is that kids don't start using cannabis until they're 20. Mm -hmm. You know I'm just curious because a lot of them are anyway the cannabis versus the
1: ADHD medicine is there do you have any that's that's tough yeah. because i think there has been some evidence in the research that cannabis can have a negative impact on developing brains then again most of the research done on cannabis has looked at the negative and and then we have like these ADD meds and Probably most of the research is looking at the positive, so it's not a proper comparison. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, but of course, like these ADD meds are being really abused. Well, right, and I'm like, how is that not messing up the right. wiring? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I think it's really dangerous for kids. So, so that's a tough one. And I, and again, with like CBDs, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not entirely sure if CBDs are are less potentially harmful for developing brains I'm not quite sure about that but right that's potentially something I'd be curious to learn more about yeah me yeah. too
0: I know I just I just write down notes all the time when I have one of these thoughts that pops into my head it's like my place is full of curious ponderings. so nice. I'm like yeah if I had more time I'd learn more about this <laughs> Okay, so I found this website that went through and examined cannabis from all angles, like what are its effects and what about driving and Mm. blah, blah, blah. And so I saw a list that says, um, if you answer yes to any of these questions, you may have a problem with cannabis. And so, you know, this is something that I can see a novice coming to a website, like what is cannabis? Cannabis you know typing in their google search and happening upon something like this uh uh-huh. so I wanted to go through this with you because I am a 21-year cannabis consumer. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't start using consistently until I was 20. So I'm somebody who did it right. Uh Uh-huh. So I wanted to go through these questions and me answer the question, and then you explain to me why this would be something that a professional would ponder about. Okay. Sounds good. So, one, has smoking pot stopped being fun? For me, never. No. It's, it's fun. Been fun. Now tell me when someone, like what that looks like if pot stopped being fun to one of your clients.
1: I mean, th- for me, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean it's a problem. Again, I'm thinking of set and setting
0: mm-hmm.
1: and cannabis is an amplifier, it's going to just enhance whatever you're already feeling, so if you go into it kind of anxious or paranoid, if that's underneath the surface, that's just going to get bigger, and that can be worked with that actually might be good to confront, mm-hmm. so if you're using it with the intention of actually confronting whatever's lying underneath there, yes. which may be some some anxiety to address mm-hmm. then then I think it could actually be a tool, yeah. It's so
0: good that you say that. My friends that aren't comfortable with talk therapy, Mm -hmm. I tell them, I'm like, you just need to be alone and get really high and just have a therapy session in your own head because it's all going to come flooding there and and you just sit there and you confront it as every single one of those thoughts pops into your head. Like, where's this coming from? What does this mean? And just really examine these things. And I'm like, I have been doing therapy in my own head for years, and it's really helpful.
1: I think that that's probably where a lot of the ancient use of cannabis resides, is in Mm -hmm. meditation and using it for spiritual and personal growth in exactly the way that you're saying. All right. Question two. Do you
0: ever get high alone? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, <laughs> I get high alone at least five or six times a day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, again, I would not think that that one is necessarily means it's a problem. I mean, think about like how many people have a drink at the end of the day alone. Yeah, like
0: it. Well, and I mean, I live alone. Yeah, what am I supposed to do invite right. strangers into my house? The homeless people that live across the street. Well, speaking of the homeless people that yeah. live across the street, <laughs> I have a moral dilemma. Okay, so I created these homeless kits, huh. and I you know warm socks and hat and gloves and I have several pounds of shake that I yeah. was using to cook with or to experiment making different things with, and. I wanted to pack little bags of the shake and some rolling papers and put them in these homeless kits. But I questioned, because of the mental mm, illness mm-hmm. that is prevalent along amongst homeless people, yeah. if that would be a nice thing to do or a disservice to them? Oh, that's a good
1: question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because you're right. Like, if if that person is suffering from a more, like, psychotic mental illness, from some kind of psychosis, then the THC, I think, maybe could potentially exacerbate it. But then again, like, if the person is maybe in pain or having a lot of inflammation, can't sleep,
0: I mean... And this is old shakes, so it is all probably CBN by this point. So they would sleep like babies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty nice thing to do. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. I'm just,
0: I'm like, I don't, I don't know the right answer. Yeah.
1: I can see your dilemma.
0: Um. Yeah. Okay. Number three, is it hard for you to imagine a life without marijuana? (laughs) Questions are great. Oh my god, this uh, is awesome. Um, no, I couldn't imagine
1: a life without marijuana he, or cannabis. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a pretty amazing substance. It's it's complicated. It's got a lot of uses. I plan to have it in my life for the rest of my life. I hope that I can use it when I'm old and have arthritis and you yeah. know need some relief.
0: Absolutely, want to sleep? Like there's so many amazing things that it does. Like this just seems silly. Okay, four. Do you find that your friends are determined by your cannabis use? No, I mean I'm a lot of times I'm the only. I want to say stoner at the party, but Mm. I'm trying to stop using that word. It's just so easy to use.
1: Yeah, you mean stoner? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so the questions. Is it? Are they determined or yeah, deterred? Like it, do,
0: no, like, do I choose friends? Like, do I only have friends oh, that smoke cannabis? Or... Oh,
1: huh. I don't see why
0: that. I mean, I guess I can kind of see that one because if you know, it's like if we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with, and you're with four other people that don't consume in a mindful way and they're not using cannabis for wellness I mean I've seen my nieces and nephews where I'm like seriously I need you to get new friends because you suck right now
1: Uh uh-huh you know yeah I mean especially if if you're hanging out with your friends and somebody is really intoxicated Mm -hmm. you can't really connect yeah and and I think that's where it can be problematic yeah yeah true Okay, so you have one
0: valid question on your website. <laughs> okay. Um, do you smoke marijuana to avoid dealing with your problems?
1: Uh, I think that's a good one.
0: For someone who consumes like me, I use it to deal with my problems. Yeah. yeah. Like when I need to move energy and mm-hmm. I need to really figure something out, I will consume and it's easy to cry or yeah. to, to really think through something or to la- be able to laugh about something or to see 900 different perspectives and then choose the best one. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I absolutely
1: use it to deal with my problems. It's, that's the tricky line, I think, that I was kind of alluding to before, where it's you can use it to kind of escape and avoid and numb out, which a lot of people do, and and I don't know that that's helping anything. I think anything. that just
0: comes down to laziness.
1: Potentially,
0: yeah. Because, you know, yes, it's a lot of work to be your best self, mm-hmm. but if you just put a little bit of fucking effort into it, it helps
1: in... in multiples. Well, and, and I just think that it's, it's kind of a truth that the more you try to run away from something, the more it's just going to come back to bite you in the butt. Like, mm-hmm. so, so it, it doesn't work to run away. Yeah. And, and I think, like I was saying before, too, that, that cannabis can be used to confront things. And mm-hmm. if it's used in that way, then yeah. I think it can be really beneficial.
0: I concur. Okay, do you smoke pot to cope with your feelings? So same, that's what we just covered. Yeah, absolutely, I do. Does your marijuana use let you live in a privately defined world? Hmm. (laughs) I mean, I do really feel like I live in my own little world. Yeah, I
1: mean, that might be true anyway, (laughs) like without (laughs) cannabis. I mean, we're all the
0: center of our own universe anyway. yeah.
1: I don't know. They stumped me with that one. Well, I think that where um, we may be getting to this at some point in these questions, but you know, you've probably seen cannabis be kind of personified as a sexy woman. Have you ever seen it? Like just like in like cartoons and caricatures. Or
0: you open up any magazine and there's just like buds poured all down some woman's cleavage on top of a car. Yeah, like (laughs) the woman
1: from Weeds. Like she's kind of like... Nancy Botwin. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that cannabis has this really seductive quality Mm -hmm. that people can gravitate to and kind of fall in love with. And then that's all that, that, that's their primary primary relationship. Mm -hmm. And they don't have like, or it kind of gets in the way of connecting more deeply with other people. That can be, I think, problematic um, where you're just going back and back and back to the substance to kind of get your needs met, and not really connecting with other people.
0: Yeah. So you come home to your apartment filled with cannabis posters. Right. And magazines. <laughs> and you roll your joints and you play your video games uh-huh. with your friends who do the same thing. And then uh-huh. you leave the house to get food or more pot and come home. Right. Right. Yeah. I know that there are people that are out there that are like that. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind. It sounds lonely. It does sound lonely. Gross. Yeah. Sounds pretty gross, too. Let's see. Have you ever failed to keep promises you
1: made about cutting down or controlling your dope smoking? Ah. Uh, that seems like it could be a good uh, measure of a problem. Like, if you can't really control it, if it's gotten out of control, and it, that that's kind of, I think, moving into addiction territory. Yeah. And
0: especially, yeah. you know,
1: and I have had people before in my life that, whether or not
0: it was because of alcohol or drugs or cannabis use, they start slipping. They overpromise and underdeliver quite mm-hmm. often. Is there something that you tell your patients some triggers or some things to look out for in their own behavior so that they can start noticing these things early?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess just to track their level of depression and anxiety, are they noticing that it's not really? getting any better or potentially getting worse to look at how their cannabis use may be in um, impacting their relationships. So yeah, if it's it's getting in the way of your relationship with your partner or your friendships, then... I call that being highly responsible. Yes. Being
0: mindful of those relationships and your relationship with the plant. Yes. Yes. Um, But I do think that... Using a dosage tracker would be something that would be helpful for someone in that situation because then they could go back and say, oh, I consumed seven times on Tuesday. What the, what was going on on Tuesday? Yes. That's such a great. Or, you know, like thinking back so where they can just kind of monitor how often they're doing it, when they're doing it, and then be mindful enough to try to connect the dots.
1: Absolutely. That's a great way to use it as a tool to just kind of even check in with yourself and what was going on for me that day that I needed to keep going back to to cannabis to kind of help me through. Yeah for sure. Okay when
0: your stash is nearly empty do you feel anxious or worried (laughs) (laughs) about how to get more? Oh I have such a large stash. Right. I'm like I never worry about any of that. But with these taxes
1: and the Uh prices of cannabis right now,
0: I'm sure that there are people that have that feeling.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the cost, for sure. But now that it's legal, it just doesn't even feel like that's so much of a problem anymore to just be able to find it. Like, (laughs) years ago, it used to be like, oh, God, how am I going to get it? Because it
0: was illegal. Yeah. well, and I actually have some people that are so pissed off about the taxes and yeah. how much it costs now. So there's still so many people that are purchasing off the black market. Yeah. Um, do you plan your life around your cannabis use?
1: Mm. Hmm.
0: I have seen people do that where they're like, oh, I don't want to go to that. Like those people don't use cannabis or I, I wouldn't be able to smoke uh-huh I used to have friends I mean when I was younger I had friends like that now I'm I'm one of the only people and even though I am in the cannabis space and the cannabis business most of my people don't consume or they consume very infrequently yeah and so a lot of times I am the only you know pot smoker in a room and so that is not something I ever concern myself with plus there's so many different ways to consume, like you know, there's in there's breathables, there's rinse, right, there's like Tinkers. you can consume totally and not have to isolate
1: yourself. Totally so. vaping, there's a lot. Again, this is just I don't think these questions are you can just be like black or white like that because what about somebody that's using it like for a real medical reason? Like what it, for someone who's epileptic or right. really needs it for pain management? I mean or sleep like I can understand planning around needing it for those things yeah
0: I'm not even going to read all the rest of them the moral of this story (laughs) is this cannabis thing it isn't black and white in diagnosing yourself or your child or your friend, don't do that don't create a story that doesn't have to
1: be there well I guess with addictions people can be in denial pretty heavily but I think you know it's not a problem unless it's a problem Right. Right. <laughs> like I mean there could be obvious ways that it's a problem and I you know it could be impacting your relationship or maybe you're you're driving intoxicated, which you know, that's problematic, mm-hmm. or it's just negatively impacting your motivation or your depression, things like that. But yeah, I, it's it's complicated. It's really complicated.
0: It is complicated. So yeah. it's it's good that we have we have people like you out in the world. <laughs> okay. So there is this one question on here. And it said, is there such a thing as cannabis psychosis? Mm. So what they explain is that some people may develop temporary psychotic symptoms, such as hallucinations and delusions, which resolve themselves within hours or a few days without any help. Mm -hmm. People who experience these temporary effects do not normally come to the attention of psychiatric services. So this is
1: kind of like you saying THC is a psychedelic. Yes, yes. This is yeah. If if you're out there and you live in California and this is happening, please contact me, because um, I have seen multiple times people using cannabis and having actually what's more of I would say. I mean, I'm not saying that a psychosis can't happen. That's totally possible. But sometimes I think it's actually of a more more like a spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. and people can kind of. Get put into a very open state where they start having rapid insights and realizations that maybe they've been living their life in a way that isn't suiting their, their highest needs. Mm-hmm. And that can be totally overwhelming. And and I've had people contact me who might be experiencing that. That's amazing. And feel like they're going crazy because it's so much. Mm-hmm. There's so much happening. But actually when I talk to them, I'm like, everything that you're saying, like that you've been working twelve hours a day for the past five years and feel like you're killing yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> maybe it's this true. is true. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well,
0: and and those are the sorts of experiences that people seek peyote or ayahuasca for. Uh So, if somebody can get that from cannabis, wow, that's impressive.
1: I think you absolutely can get that from cannabis, but it's also kind of a risk because it has the potential to kind of give you an insight that may want or may make you want to change everything about your life. And that's a big deal. And so it is a big deal, but
0: I don't think I wouldn't consider that a risk. I consider that an opportunity.
1: Well, I do too, but it's just something that could happen. Mm And I, and you know, if I'm going to work with someone and potentially like do a session with them while they're using cannabis, I, I really explain that that can happen. Mm -hmm. That you know, something like a spiritual awakening can happen, or kind of an opening that feels really big and overwhelming, Mm -hmm. Um, that may be hard to. Kind of function as they usually do for a little while.
0: (laughs) While you're talking,
1: I'm visualizing
0: a giant plane flying over the United States, just like spilling keef out the back of it, just powdering the whole country. (laughs) Please
1: have a spiritual
0: awakening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's our salvation.
0: Oh, my gosh. Help us
1: realize what's truly important. Yes. Yeah.
0: Please.
1: Yeah. I think that um, it's it's like kind of what we were saying before. It's great for more meditative practices. Like even, I mean, you can do movement like yoga and things like that. But I think it's really hard to use cannabis – in larger quantities or more potent THC strain and then go about our regular activities Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a great, it's a great tool for practicing being with stillness, which I don't think a lot of people do. Um, but it, it has that quality of the, the stimulant and the kind of more sedating depressant Mm -hmm. effect, which The part that's more of a stimulant can make it harder to sit in the stillness, but that's part of what makes it a great practice because you kind of just learn to be with yourself. Yeah. And whatever's there, and -hmm. I think people just run away from that most of the time.
0: Yeah. And it is something where if you do want to be out in the world, hiking or you know being in nature and doing oh yeah, I love a good sativa and go for it. But I'm still. I'm still in my head and mm-hmm. in my body mm-hmm. and I'm having that meditative um, experience on the move. Yes, yes. But the, but you're right about being at home and that yin-yang effect uh-huh. of like feeling a little amped up, but, uh-huh. but learning to breathe through it.
1: Yes, yep. Exactly. I do that
0: a lot when I'm... When I'm meditating and it's a new strain that mm-hmm. I'm not I ha, that I haven't meditated on before, there are times where I'm like, "Okay, my heart's really pounding right yes. now," and yes. it's just like moving my breath and my mind and everything into my heart. That's and, fantastic. And focus my energy there, and
1: yeah. And
0: when you do, you you know, it sounds crazy, but you can you feel that move and. And, you know, people talk all the time about not knowing how to meditate, or I've never done this before, or, well, I want to learn transcendental meditation, but this workshop is (laughs) $1,200. I'm like, you don't need a fucking workshop to learn how to meditate. You know, one of the first things that I was doing when I was learning to kind of control my thoughts and my mind is, you know, sitting in the chair and just thinking about my feet, focusing on my feet, Mm. putting all of my energy in my feet, and then... I could then feel like the movement and sensation of blood in my feet. It was like when I awesome. put my mind there, then all of a sudden I could feel my body there. And yes. so then moving that into my stomach, like feeling my stomach, thinking about my stomach and just wait and watch the energy follow that. And so it's almost like a mind exercise. Well,
1: know? yeah. And a, and a connecting with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really connecting with your body.
0: People say they can heal themselves. They've healed themselves. Why can't I heal myself? And so that's when I was just like sending these like healing vibes to my feet Uh and my ankles and just, you know, I mean, who knows if that works, but I mean, it doesn't hurt to try.
1: I can't see why it would hurt. (laughs) Yeah. If anything, it may have helped.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think that there's just fun ways to experiment with cannabis
1: Absolutely, and yeah, I,
0: and I and I liked the way you put that about it being, you know, you're fighting and to maintain your balance and control, and yes, and I that's how I consume when I'm out in the world on a daily basis. Like I microdose, but part of it is a game to me. It makes my life fun and interesting to step into a meeting and be a little bit high Mm -hmm. and know what the perception of a cannabis consumer is and just totally own a meeting
1: yeah and walk
0: out and be like, you know, fuck y'all, I was high. (laughs)
1: Like, you know, like (laughs) I think that if you can find that sweet spot of like the the dosage and the strain that works for you. Yeah. And and you can find that level of maybe amplification or enhancement Mm -hmm. that that gives you just that like Edge where you mm-hmm. f- feel creative and yeah. something's flowing, and
0: and I do have my daytime strains that I know make me feel good, and and it is. I mean, it's been you know over twenty years of experimenting, mm-hmm. and but that's that's what you have to look forward to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. So maybe not like. I hope people just don't you know kind of ruin it all by like we're not ruin it all, but you know I think you can kind of. It's just abuse the plant by just kind of like going back to it and just doing it and taking it on and just kind of binging on it. Yeah. Whereas if you just cultivate a more responsible, kind of intentional relationship with it that can last, I mean, don't yeah. you want to be able to use it until you're old? Like
0: Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> don't you wanna age gracefully?
1: Right. Like, yeah.
0: I get really upset when people are like join it's just pot.
1: Wait, say that again. When
0: people just say it's just pot. Oh. One of my friends, he videoed the um, the Emerald Cup um, judging competition. Yeah. And so at the end of it, they send him home with a flower from each of the like finalists.
1: Oh wow! Entries. Nice.
0: And I was like, I'm so excited. He yeah. was going to share it with me. I'm like, thank you so much. I get to his house. He put it all in one fucking jar.
1: Oh no! <laughs> what? What? That's like combining fine wines. Yes. Like and just pouring them all together.
0: Yes, I was what? devastated. Oh no. Like, you're such an idiot. You're I'm not, so sucks. mad. At you. And he's like, Joanna, it's just pot. Just smoke it. <laughs> I'm like, no, it is not. I want
1: you to learn this. <laughs> it's like fine wines. It you gotta is. appreciate the the delicate. Yeah. differences the nuance
0: <laughs> yes and, the, and the, all of the terpenes and cannabinoids uh-huh. that do their magical thing it makes you feel very specific ways and, yeah you know and that is one of the things about finding your sweet spot mm-hmm. and and you know determining what is best for you it takes a little time and effort you're going to spend a little bit of money you're yeah. going to yeah. you're going to buy a couple of things that you don't like but true as I tell my listeners we are all precious snowflakes yep so if it didn't work for you give it to your friend like yeah tell them to experiment totally. with it like you know I mean I have people that give me things all the time that they're like this was too strong I can't take this or uh-huh. you know something for me I'm like I don't like a full-on sativa it does uh, it, it gives me too much anxiety uh-huh. so I like more of a Indica dominant hybrid is mm-hmm. my sweet spot. Ah, interesting. Um, and so sometimes I'll have something that gets me a little too amped up, and I'm like, oh, I gotta pass that on to somebody else. Uh huh.
1: That's interesting. I wonder how. Um, and I've I've heard rumors about this, but like um, people who may tend more towards ADD or ADHD doing really well with high teosa. Sativas because they are a stimulant, Mm -hmm. or they have more of that stimulant in them, so they actually kind of balance people out that have that more. That would definitely be,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That would definitely be something to experiment with. Yeah, some of my um, some of my littles are now of legal consuming age, Mm. and one of them, one of them did take ADD medicine, so I would be curious for him to try that.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then, you know, something else that we didn't really talk about before, but um, the dabbing phenomena. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's potentially, I mean, I, I wouldn't say dangerous. Nobody's ever died of a pot overdose. I mean, that's, right. I wouldn't say dangerous in that way, but you can lose consciousness, and it's just a really intense... THC yes. blow to it's, the brain. well, and
0: it's a and it's a complete rush. I'm yeah, not a, I'm not a fan of dabbing. And um, now there there are a few new pens that have come out on the market that are portable dab rigs.
1: Oh, really? I, I haven't and, seen those.
0: Um, I somebody told me of a shop in Berkeley that I need to go to. Um, to they have every. Device every cannabis hardware piece you could ever imagine. So I'm going to go check this place out, and then I'll report back. Right? Yeah, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, curious. But using one of those where I could get just a touch, yeah, of the whatever form of the concentrate you prefer. But because mm-hmm. um, it, it, for me, it's like I I need to microdose, and you can't microdose and dab. Like right,
1: those the yeah. are, they
0: they're, just don't go totally together. Mutually
1: exclusive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: But I do have some people in my life that um, that have chronic pain yeah. or illnesses where, uh-huh. when you when they do need to consume that much, it is a way that they can do that in a in a smaller dose, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. That totally makes sense. So I know that there's a place for it, but mm-hmm. the majority of the people out in the world are not using it in that way.
1: Right. Yeah, that's where I, I have more concern for for younger folks, you know, teenagers who may be, you know, just dabbing the heck out of themselves all the time. And mm-hmm. um, I just don't think that that's a great way to cultivate a relationship with this plant. No, um,
0: and I don't yeah. think young people should have blow torches.
1: Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Good point.
0: That's the part of me where I'm like, Joanna, you are a 41-year-old woman. You sound old. You sound fucking old right now. <laughs> well, I'm
1: old too, so that might be why we're on the same page about this stuff.
0: <laughs> so, yes, dab away, but if you want to be casually baked, casually baked and dabbing, don't
1: those don't jive. Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: When somebody has one, some sort of a performance anxiety do you have some sort of um, kind of ritual or advice you tell them to do before they perform?
1: I mean, just to kind of like, I mean, be aware that that happens for you. Do whatever ritual that you can come up with ahead of time that kind of like calms your nerves. Like do some deep breathing before you go out there. Make sure that you've gotten enough sleep and like had something to eat. And I mean, it's, it's really about managing it. I don't know that there is a way to really make it all go away, but you can manage it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I always think, okay, it's just energy. I have to channel Uh Uh it. But it's just like me trying to figure out how to get those like three hours before I step out on stage. I want those three hours back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So maybe... Well, maybe you can. I, I'd be really curious to know how the CBD, like a higher CBD strain, mm-hmm. would work for you.
0: And I know Level just um, they came out with a high dose um, tablet, so oh, I think they've okay. got like fifty milligram tablets of THC and CBD. So I'll check those out because I take their um, their low dose sublinguals in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I take a THCA, CBD, and CBG. Uh-huh. And you know when you were talking earlier about the CBD helping somebody that doesn't necessarily need the THC, uh-huh. it does give you this lightness of being, or this kind of like like the world isn't sitting exactly on top of your shoulders anymore. Yeah, kind of a feeling. it kind of makes
1: me feel like a little bit more warm and cozy inside. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way yeah. I would describe my experience with CBD. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, and I hadn't thought about that which is surprising, but I'm- but The CBD. You. Yeah.
1: Well, and um, I mean, I, I wish I was like a neuroscientist or something like that, but uh, so I don't, I can't describe the neuroscience of it <laughs> to the degree that I would like, mm-hmm. but the endocannabinoids,
0: Cannabinoid, yes. Thank you.
1: <laughs> cannabinoid system um, works on our stress response. It is like mm-hmm. all about how we respond to stress. And so you think about like those cannabinoid. Cannabinoids. I can't say it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, receptors. The the cannabis is fitting right into those, and mm-hmm. it, and it does something to the amygdala, and it, it softens our stress response. So there's there's something physiologically happening with it.
0: So it 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 kind of um, soothes our caveman brain. Yes. Okay. Yes. As I, as I, you're petting the petting air, Petting the air, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm rubbing the back of a caveman's head.
1: <laughs> that's what you need before you go out in public speaking. Yes. You need a little p- petting.
0: No, that's why, the, but that's why podcasts work for me because I'm just sitting here talking to you. I
1: know. It's so much better than being in front of an audience. It's way easier for me too.
0: <laughs> I know, but I have to get, I have to get good at that. And I teach classes, and so you know, and the classes actually aren't quite as bad because they're interactive.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: talking, you know, more to people. But one thing that I I think helped the last because I put myself in situations to be uncomfortable all the time. As part of you, as part of my life's adventure. But so I agreed to speak at um, a dinner club about cannabis. Uh-huh. And it was all about being in the flow state was the was their evening. And so I was like, okay, Joanna, you know enough about this. Like why don't you practice just going up there and being in the flow state? Uh huh. And so instead of trying to know what I was going to say, I just went up and just started talking. Great. And it felt that felt easier for me than trying to give a speech
1: oh yeah and then you have to like remember and feel like you need to deliver it in this maybe perfect way yeah. but if you're just going up and being yourself and speaking from all that you know it's all there
0: yeah well and I think that's the fear is that it's not going to be right there. right <laughs> but it is yeah yeah well and I think that does go back to this you know the greater psychology of it all, and even with Mark, mm-hmm. like, he's seen that it worked. Like, he's been there. Like, yeah. he knows what that feels like. huh And then, you know, when you fall out of that, you know what that feels like.
1: Right. Yeah. And then you got to pay attention to that yeah. and work with that.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure people are over, you know, this word mindfulness, but... I'm never going to stop saying it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's just about living mindfully.
1: Absolutely. Being in the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. And then not being
1: afraid to be uncomfortable, too. Right. Again, that, that brings me back to that whole resistance thing and trying to run away from something. It never works. Yeah. Trying to avoid and resist and running away usually just makes everything worse I mean that it's so natural to want to do that I think it's instinctive Mm -hmm. but it never makes the problem go away never ever
0: no before we wrap the best way to get in touch with you how you you know how you work in your practice and if you have any last advice for Mark in general his next steps I know we've talked about quite a bit of stuff but
1: yeah again like I would just really encourage you Mark to to give a high CBD strain a shot and and you know if you want to use a little THC the the CBD should help cancel out the the potential for the THC to make you more of those
0: the side psy- yeah, psych- effects
1: right yeah. right or the more like potential to feel psychotic <laughs> um the CBD should cancel that out so um yeah. Maybe like a one-to-one or a higher CBD strain. Um, and, and just track your dosage.
0: That way you you know what you're doing and you know how often you're doing it. And, and then you also make sure that you're tracking how you feel 30 minutes later, 45 minutes, yeah. an hour later. Like how are you feeling, you know, trying these different strains and then you know, you'll find the one that works best.
1: Sorry yeah. For interrupting. Oh, no worries. <laughs> um, and then, it, like, too, I mean, he was saying that cannabis had helped him kind of feel more in his body and connected to himself. And I think that maybe you did achieve that mark, and then, and then you kind of got out of hand with it. And yeah, so, start to start to get cocky, it's right? Good. <laughs> I like this, but then it kind of sounds like it may have had the opposite effect, where it may have more disconnected you and the numbing out, and
0: and I feel like that's a lot about that dosage conversation of, you know, cannabis is a great pain reliever until you overconsume it, and then it can amplify your pain, mm-hmm. same with your anxiety. Mm-hmm. So it's like he. He wasn't mindful of that stopping point.
1: Yeah, and I'm mindful of intention. So mm-hmm. if you sit down and ingest cannabis in a very intentional way, like I want to connect with myself right now and I want to really feel my body and I want to really connect with my feelings and make it that kind of practice, that can make a huge mm-hmm. difference. Absolutely. That's so a, so like that, that might be something. You could try too. Yeah, if create you create to a use ritual THC. out of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is my wellness ritual. Yes, and it's a more introspective, meditative practice, and cannabis is a facilitator of that. Yes, and everyone needs to be meditating every day anyway. Yeah,
0: I did an article about cannabis-infused meditation. That's what nice. I do every morning.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's an ancient, ancient practice. Yeah,
0: I've lived a lot of lives.
1: <laughs> wise, wise woman. <laughs> Uh, okay so getting back to um, how to get in touch with me or how to learn more about what I do sarahwemet.com my last name is pronounced we met but you spell it o-u-i-m-e-t-t-e And I'll make sure to include a link to Sarah in the show notes at casuallybaked.com. Thank you. Thank you. I I help people who want to navigate their relationship with cannabis. So I feel like it's a complex, ongoing relationship to cultivate over time Mm -hmm. and figure out what's working best for you at any particular time in your life. Um, So I help people with that and then I also help people with um, kind of those more expansive spiritual kinds of experiences that people may have either in conjunction with cannabis or other substances or even just out in the world like just spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Um, Just somebody having their aha moment and uh not knowing what to do with it. Yeah, where to go with that because it can be really scary and I think that people don't really know who to go to. Yeah. When that happens, if you're not part of a a religion or, you know.
0: Well, and if you've just been driving on the same road forever and ever and ever, like the ruts are so deep Mm. that just changing lanes feels like you're crashing your car. Yeah. You know, and so it's like when people start feeling that discomfort, they're like, oh, this must be bad. I've got to stop. Uh-huh. But it's like no, like you have to go through discomfort to go through change. Like it's this metamorphosis that's happening that you can't see. Like you are shedding your skin, it's just you know in the non physical.
1: Yeah. Anyway, all right. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, Sarah. I think this is a really important topic and I know that we too just scratched the surface and mm-hmm. so as more questions pop up and and more things happen I'd love to you know stay connected with you absolutely and, um yeah and you know I will share people that you know reach out to me looking for someone who specializes in this like you do I'm, I'm happy to to share the tribe and awesome um, and you know any sort of educational stuff you might need I'm happy to collaborate with you
1: appreciate it
0: Thank you. Thank you. You got your place fixed up nice with all those little, little colored lights. You got those records that spin around and around. Gonna spin, spin, spin till we get all... I recognize that we barely scratched the surface of this conversation. And trust me, there will be many more to come. I absolutely care what you think. I want to know your opinion on these things. So, Feel free to reach out to me. You can connect on social. My handle is at casually baked, and um, I love hashtag casually baked and hashtag highly responsible. So if you want to share with me in any of those ways, I'm happy to um, to connect with you. Although. I'm trying to uh, lay off my social media these days, so you might get a better response if you just email me or send me a video message to ask at casuallybaked.com. Oh, we all need to lay off social for a little bit, right? Ah. And, you know, one last thing, if you're new, tuning in, and you think I'm just brushing the surface of these big, huge conversations that people aren't having, you're exactly right. That is exactly what I'm doing. I am kind of curious just like you. And I ask questions, and then I I bully people to give me answers, and that's how I learn about things. And so I'm just taking my can of curiosities and I am opening them up to the public. I hope you leave it feeling entertained and informed and inspired in some way. And if I've done that, I think we all fucking win. <laughs> Oh all right, thanks for tuning in. I promise I'll be better next time.
1: <laughs> thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
0: Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.